This is, um, the year 2022, um, the first quarter of the 21st century, and I don't know if I'll see the end of this century, but I feel like I was reading, gosh, this is so interesting, I was reading this book, I'm reading this book, I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy. And I'm also taking a bio class where my teacher's really adamant about um, conservation and educating us about climate change and, you know, just the things I've always been interested in and this whole like longevity thing that runs in the back of my mind. And I just realized like, when I was reading about bulimia and how she says, uh, I guess I'll just read this paragraph. Um, I think Jeanette would be okay with it. I don't know her personally, but I'm just using her name. So at this point, I'm starting to realize that bulimia is not sustainable for me. My throat bleeds daily. My teeth feel softer. My cheeks look puffier. My stomach struggles to digest food. I've gotten a handful of cavities since this started. I think I want to change, but so far, willpower has gotten me nowhere. Every morning, I tell myself I'm not going to throw up today. And every morning by 10 a.m., I already have. Since willpower clearly hasn't worked, this Whole Foods thing is me trying a different strategy. So, when she said... This isn't sustainable. It, uh, I reasoned eating disorders are not sustainable. Anorexia is not sustainable. Bulimia is not sustainable because it affects your physiology. I mean, obviously it affects your psyche, your relationships, your identity, your self-esteem. Yes, I get it. All those, um psychological things but physiologically you know we need to eat and there's this process when we eat where we digest and we store energy we use energy and when you mess with that it's like messing with sleep it's like messing with the water intake it's part of your means of subsistence survival so when she said those believe me was it sustainable i concluded that Eating disorders are not sustainable for an individual. And then I realized, you know, just thinking about capitalism and masculinity and this drive to um, make lots of money, you know, and not really think about the consequences of that. Not really realizing that to create so much profit, you need to exploit you need to exploit humans you need to exploit natural resources you need to exploit land itself and animals like nature basically right and humans and human nature and i realized just like these eating disorders this world of excess is not sustainable a world of excess is not sustainable I used to think, not too long ago, maybe like an hour ago even, a year ago or whatever, that I'd see the end of this century. 
But then I think about the world I'm in, and I'm like, will the world see the end of the century? And when I say world, I don't mean planet. I mean the human experience. You know, the human condition, the collective reality of us or it or whatever you want to call it. You know, with climate change. In regards to climate change. Hey, the planet's going to be just fine. Like, I've said this, I think, kind of the beginning of the podcast, like the first five episodes, there was like um episode called Hot Potato, where it was like one generation was just like, fuck it, we'll be okay, let the next generation deal with it. And the next generation says, oh man, it's pretty bad, but hey, we're not going to die, so we're not going to change. And now it's like, with Hurricane Ian and stuff, it's like, oh, we're like, oh, this is happening to us. Like, it's affecting us. Like, there's no, there's no more hot potato. The, the musical chairs analogy isn't working. This is. There's no chairs for one person to sit on. Those people have won and they've already passed. And they didn't see the world affected by climate change. But it's on us now. And I feel like we'll... Will we reverse this? Or will we have to settle for adapting, you know? infrastructural adaptations behavioral adaptations are we going to start to move inland because of these sea levels and what will that do to us you know what will our world look like and it's going to i think it's going to be exponential you know i remember i remember when i was reading the book of revelation i I don't want to call it a phase because reading the Bible more than not or a period of time where you're reading the Bible a lot shouldn't be like a cool thing you do. It should just be something that's part of your spiritual life as a Jew or Christian or Muslim, whatever, or even outside of that um, with Hinduism. Texts. Sacred texts are a part of that, you know? And so I'm not going to say, oh, that one cool time I read the Bible. Because no, I don't want to make it seem like something I should just be doing once in a while. Anyway, anyway. I think I watched um, a video about the book of Revelation. And not maybe not so much about it, but kind of... Um, Explaining how towards the end or the climax or whatever, things happen almost back to back to back, like like a domino effect. And I feel like those days are coming, you know, and they might be coming sooner than we think. Because you think about this hurricane, and I don't live in Florida, so I'm not affected by it, but we are. We are. They are. Like, we're all one peoples right I think about the pandemic and I don't want to say it's no coincidence but it's like everything is starting to affect everything the pandemic and the infl- and inflation 
and um what's it called sorry the hurricane like the root of it really when you think about it is this whole idea of excess and profit if not caused by profit then as a result of our obsession with profit at the cost of our collective health and where resources go for planning for prevention for everything you know and i feel like if we really thought about the future in a way that was healthy where we would protect our health physiological financial we would say okay what can we do if a pandemic happened but we didn't we didn't do that we just we stuck to our own collective capitalist religion which on the base of this pyramid is the life of the consumer you know buying new shit every year that can last longer than that um buying the latest bag or shoes because you're insecure or whatever, or you've been brainwashed or conditioned, or at the um, the higher level, you know, those quarterly profits, you know, shareholders, that pressure, you know? And it's like, that's where our psychic energy went to. We weren't thinking about a, about a pandemic because, hey, why? And so I don't want to take up too much of your time because obviously my cognition isn't the sharpest right now just because work, school, family, stuff. Tomorrow I have this like onboarding. I don't, it's not a Zoom meeting. It's like an onboarding process, I guess. So hopefully, finally, I'll be at my old elementary school being a teacher, which I've so work towards in the past like two months like it's been a nightmare but i don't want to go too off topic so i leave you with this like message you know a world of excess is not sustainable like we can't keep doing this it's like it's gotten to the point where we know it like we know we can't deny it anymore it's like dang you know So that's pretty much it. Um, yeah. Stay humble, stay simple, you know, stay focused on your health, on your community, um, on your sleep, on your diet, on the love you give and receive in this world, you know? No matter where you go, all that stuff's really important. You know, if and when you die, I don't know when that is. I don't like to think or talk about it, my own death. But no one's going to be like, oh, that one day he or she wore different shoes. And that was fucking embarrassing. And even if, even like, let's say you're 50 pounds overweight or whatever. 20 pounds overweight, 5 pounds overweight. Or underweight. No one's going to really bring that up, you know. Your existence is kind of overshadowed by your character. 
and how you treated people and your good qualities and that's what we remember you know and or you know things we didn't like about someone but you know like taking that into consideration like and one of the reasons I love podcasts or maybe I shouldn't say podcasts but like having one is no one's gonna really know how I dress when I do them you know um no one's gonna judge me based on my background unless it's background noise or something it's just me I get to be me I get to say what's on my mind you know and that's just how I feel and I can best convey that through me so I kind of want to polish this podcast a little bit maybe even start a new one I don't know if it's possible but one where it's like a little more organized you know and have like a thought of the day or the week or something but anyway I want to just communicate that with you like maybe don't stress too much about the little material things and feeling good enough or included and wanting to people to love and accept you so much you know because that's kind of narcissistic a little bit and just here to say like you know what can you bring to the table you know how can you love someone um how can you accept someone else if you have the energy to which again goes back to the whole meeting your basic needs thing um because I'm like, um, I don't know if I want to talk about this because I'm still sleepy, but. I just realized, like, the self is an illusion. It's a modern idea. Like, we are everybody else, you know? Some people are more connected to how other people feel, and that's a curse, you know? When other people aren't, and we're with them. Because they have. Some people honestly excuse my language. And this is, okay, this is rap mode, so I'm going to pause and then you can just stop. But if you want to keep listening, you can. So I'm going to pause for a few seconds. Like, people need to learn to control their fucking feelings. Like, I was at um, work, you know, and there's a popular pumpkin drink where I work and... We were an out of these popular items, right? And then I tell people we're out, I apologize. You offer them something similar. And they enter this catatonic state of... I don't know, like being a toddler, you know, and not receiving candy or a toy they want. And you're in the presence of these grown as adults and you think why is this behavior being displayed externally does doesn't don't people have like a filter you know don't they know that but I guess it's because they can't see you Maybe they would treat me different if they could see me, but. Then you'd have to be vulnerable. Anyway. I think that was the end of my rant, but. I wish I could have ranted longer, but. 
yeah, people have been mean at work. And, yeah, it's been stressful there. So, I don't even work that much, honestly. I think I work, like, 20 hours a week, 24, because I've been picking up shifts. And that's, honestly, the reason why I'm not working so much is because I want to put more energy towards um, this new job I've been hired for and I have to accept that I've been hired for it and congratulate myself told myself I'd buy a nice outfit after um this onboarding thing assuming it goes well enough you know to where I can physically be present at a school or at least do training somewhere um and so what was it gonna say I can't function cognitively before going to bed and after waking up. Okay, so yeah. That's why I haven't been working so much at Starbucks. Because I want to put more energy into other things, you know? And then... Oh gosh, this is a longer episode, but that's okay. Um, So, there is this video I watched on quiet quitting. Because I was like, what is quiet quitting? And then it talked about their great resignation. And if you could recall, if you've been listening to many episodes, most of my episodes, the origin of this podcast, it started from the great resignation or kind of when I was going through that, like, because my job, I quit my job in December because it's kind of a long story, but in the spring of 2020, when the pandemic hit, I guess. Um, they closed down where I worked and they'd op- they'd want to reopen, but then my site where I was, they, they thought of a different concept for the uh, physical place I was in. So they didn't need me. And so I had to work in a different building and then there wasn't an alignment of values anymore because I valued creativity. I valued community, helping others, sunlight. uh, artistic expression and they just didn't have that where I worked and I was kind of miserable and I was like oh shit I don't want to be here anymore I was suffering mentally so I left and this podcast was kind of like a a journey you know back to or working towards working at a place that I liked where I could be me and still doing that so when I saw this video on quiet quitting and the great resignation, I realized that's what I'm doing at Starbucks now. After like a decade of working there, other places, you know, similar things, I realized like when I was younger, I put so much of myself, so much of my emotional labor into these jobs because I felt there would be a reward from it and it wasn't given and I'm reading this book you know someone I really look up to even though she's younger and like shorter than me Jeanette McCurdy and stuff so like her chapter about the investment she put in her work so that one day she could be seen as like a director or really showcasing her talent. She had to earn all that. And then K 
came the days where where I don't know the phrase, I can't think of the analogy, but it was her like time and then they just fucked it up for her, you know? And it wasn't her fault. It was and she might say like, oh, it was my fault because I trusted them. But it's like, no. We have to take accountability for what we did and didn't do. And other people have to do the same. And they should take accountability. But it wasn't your fault. So, you know, looking back at working in these places, like a lot of people do put a lot of their selves into these jobs. And those jobs don't. Don't give a shit. And then I realized with quiet quitting, I think that's what I was doing. But I realized, like, why is quiet... Okay, so I'll just briefly explain what it is. It's like, it's not quitting. So you're still working at the job, but it's a job. And you treat it as such. And there's no bleeding into... Um... There's no, there's none of the job that bleeds into your, your life. And what I mean by that is, you're not emotionally invested enough in your job where you take it home with you. And to accomplish that, you do, and I don't want to call it the bare minimum because that has a negative connotation. You do what you're supposed to do. At your job. You do what you're paid to do. And nothing more and nothing less. With the idea that. If you go above and beyond. You should be rewarded for such things. But because you are not. In regards to inflation as well. You're not being compensated for that by your employer. Even though the product you produce. Has a higher value because of it. Your work doesn't. Because of inflation. So that's not being counted for by corporations. Because of aforementioned obsessions with profits over our well-being. Financially included. So what you have is people working more for less. In these snapshots. In these pockets. Not just long term. So you have people saying fuck it. They're not paying me anymore. To do the more things I'm doing. So... Two words say it perfectly. Why bother? Why bother? So that's how I see it at work. You know, I'm scheduled from 7 to 1. I work. I punch in at 7. Hey, I'm off at 1. As meta or postmodern as it is, like you punch in when you start. And you start when you punch in. You punch out when it's time to go. And when it's time to go, you punch out. And my boss did call me yesterday to see if I could open today. Because, um, someone was basically, fuck it, they just quit. And they were an opener, so if you don't have an opener, it kind of just has a domino effect. So, they wanted me to open, but here's the thing, because of my values, I'm like... Well, today I have my psych exam. I know I have to help with my mom. I know I'll have an interview tomorrow. Or not an interview. Um, you know. 
So I was like, all this is just going to topple for my life. And I'm not going to be, be able, I'm not going to be able to meet my own biological needs. And I'm aware of the store's needs. I'm aware of my team needs. But this is this t- point of time in my life, you know. Hopefully, you know, praying, praying and working towards it. This is a new path for me. And because some guy quit and is putting a strain on a team, like, I can't, I can't keep giving a shit like that when it's not on me. And I'm learning that so much of this world is not on me, you know? And I think I did that before. I just put so much of the stress of the world on myself and reason that it was because I wasn't doing enough or I wasn't fully actualizing all my potential. I was suffering for people that didn't exist or for suffering in people that may or may not have existed. And I realized like I can't keep doing that because that also is not sustainable, you know, and it's not healthy if it is. And now I'm like, I'm not quite quitting my job on a larger sense. I'm learning, like a lot of people, you know, with this trend or whatever, which I don't think is a trend. It's just people trying to find themselves, really. I'm learning that, again, this kind of has to do with um, the Bible or what Jesus teaches us um, in Matthew 6, 21, when he says, you know, For where your treasure is, your heart will be. And basically what that means is... What someone is fixated on, they'll value. And vice versa. And that could be a good or a bad thing. If you're obsessed with money, that's where you put your your heart your minutes, your hours, your weeks, your mind, your wallet. You put it towards that. If you think about your family and putting time into developing experiences with your family and connections and moments of joy, um... That's where your heart will be. That's where you put your time, your energy in. And maybe Jesus is telling us that's your treasure. That's what you treasure. And where you find your treasure, you'll find your heart. So I'm really thinking about that. And I'm thinking about my future. And I'm thinking about, you know, I'll say my donor offspring. So I'm thinking about them. I'm thinking about where I want my heart to be in my life. And my values. And that's where I want to put my energy. And if that's where I want to put my energy, I can't put it in other things. You know, I don't really talk about this a lot, but I don't put it in dating because of that, you know? Like, I can't have kids. Like, for me to have my own children is unethical. Sometimes I think to get married is, and all this is complicated as hell, but I can deal with that. I can carry that. You know? Sorry, I didn't mean for it to get kind of heavy, but that's just where it's that's where my life has been, you know? It's been painful in that way, but pain is like your best teacher, you know? It's like your best bet sometimes, so... So, yeah. 
is what I'm learning right now. This world, it's different. It's a changing world. You know, I feel like... And this isn't to offend boomers or anything, or, or older generations, but I feel like... The world is like a carousel. And when boomers were born, they were born into a world that span... Is that spun? Spun slowly and steadily. You know? And I think millennials were born in the period of time where it was picking up a little bit and rapidly picked up. So it's scary. And with that logic or reasoning, you have a generation like this newer generation or Gen Z or Gen Alpha. And then they were born in a, just a world that was rapidly changing, you know. And that's kind of scary. Like, how I've been feeling the last couple years of my life is probably how they've been feeling. Period. To not reach this state of stability, but have chaos be this state of stability. What does that turn stability into? Maybe some type of chaos, you know? And that's scary. And I feel for them, you know, and... Because there's so many donor offspring, their well-being is like a big part of what goes on in my mind, you know? And I think if I can't take care of them, like now, I want them to have a better world and be able to make that happen for them in, in a big way, you know? Because I wasn't able to be around them. So yeah, that's kind of why I want to go into this whole, or one of many reasons why I want to go back to this whole elementary school and, and start working towards becoming a, a therapist is because, you know, I want to help educate people. I want to help counsel people. I want to help people process shit because, you know, I see a world where there's more intentional parenting conscious parenting where it's like there's this deep awareness that a person has a child and a family because I didn't have that at my family we were just there kids and parents we were just there and it's not my mom's fault it's not my dad's fault and I'm not saying they did a bad job you know they really did do the best they could with what they had and what little they had especially my mom you know she she just turned lemons into the most amazing lemonade ever because sorry this is just gonna be really long but it's good because i get to process stuff and then fall asleep and heal or whatever um she wasn't from here and she's like five feet tall and it's crazy, you know, she moved here when she was 22 and she didn't know the language or the culture and she made it work. You know, she she wasn't a CEO, but like she raised four kids who are doing pretty well, you know, and they have, except for me, but that's a different story because I don't know how to explain that. They have families and kids of their own and it's like they make it work and and 
my mom's just a hero because of that. You know, she struggled so much with depression and her thyroid and other medical issues, you know, and worked so much for us. And that really made an impact on me, you know, and and there's just a lot of values that came with that, you know, and... And I'm just thankful, and gosh, sorry, sometimes I go on such far a tangent, I don't remember where I started, but. You know, I'm proud of myself for, for trying. And maybe for trying for the right reasons, you know. It feels like I'm. you come to a point in your life where... Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like you come to a point of your life where you change or don't change. And I feel like I changed in the fact that I know I haven't changed, but I'm pursuing a path where I can be myself. And where I have an awareness of, okay, this is what being a man is quote unquote supposed to look like. Where it's like amassing or accumulating number, financial number basically a number that comes before a dollar sign and attaching it to your identity and maybe how how women are conditioned to to view that with their weight i don't know i'll just go and say it i don't mean that to be sexist but this is just me examining my culture and labeling it as um bad and calling it out for that sorry and so for me, I feel like I've realized, like, oh, okay, I can't be a, a villain. I can't be... That's just not who I am, you know? Other people will, will meet me, and they'll think I am. And I'm certain this is happening at my job. There's people that... New people that are kind of scared at me. Scared of me. Because I'm serious when I'm at work. But really, I'm... I'm okay. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm not gonna bite you, eat you, yell at you. So chill. But I feel like, you know, growing up as a male in America, to say nothing of someone, a Latin American guy, or like a person of color, um, you know, when you grow up as a guy in the US, like you are conditioned to want to make a lot of money. And because you're taught that, you'll receive love in exchange for that and respect. Which, to be honest, is something we all want, you know, and need. And now I'm at a point where it's like, oh, learning like... Almost like a narcissistic culture paradox where it's like, you can't condition everyone to want to be the one... Like, capital T, H-E, capital O, and E, like, because it's contradicting that, like, you can't be the one and have your neighbor want to be the one and everyone be the one, because then it just, just contradicts itself. So I realized, like, oh, that's another reason to remain, like, a... I call it Messianic Gentile because I'm not a Jew. 
and I don't know if Jesus would want me to be a Christian. I'm just a Gentile, I guess. But that's why I believe Jesus even more, because, oh, he's the one, it's not me. You know, and I feel like wanting to have like a God complex or like a messianic complex or a hero complex, like why? And it's so common in men and I feel like I can let that go now. Because it's like, what is that doing for the world where everyone wants to be the best at one thing, at something? And I just, I'll keep this short because I kind of want to go to bed, but also this is too long. Yes, want to be a person. I don't want to be the best person. I don't want to be superhuman. I don't want to be super visible, super invisible. I want to be, you know, like, yeah. Why do I have to go above and beyond to be loved when I could be loved for who I am? And love people for who they are. It's destroying us, you know? I'm gonna go to bed or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's so funny. This episode was only supposed to be like eight seconds long. Where I would just say a world of excess is not sustainable. But it turned into this whole thing. Um, yeah, so... Have a great night or morning or rest of your day, whatever.